0: And uh, these things were written to help us. Uh, they were written for an example for us. And especially the book of Joshua, it just is so many parallels there to, to the Christian life and, and, and to seeking to have a life of victory. And just seeing that old enemy loves to hang around, loves to get in the mix. You know, loves to mess with us, <laughs> and even uh, as we've gotten to this point here in the book of uh, Joshua, because the first twelve chapters, well, one through five, really, if you remember, were about preparation to to go in and start taking, you know, uh, the land, and and uh, you know, preparation to kind of to to to, to do that battle. And, uh, and God does prepare us for what he wants us to do, he, he prepares us. And, and, and whatever he gives us to, you know, to do at, at that certain point, he'll give us the grace along with the preparation to, to you know, at that point to do that. And, uh, and then um, chapter 6 through 12, we saw war, uh, um, amidst the war, setbacks, a couple of setbacks in particular with, with Achan, right, and, uh, and Ai and, and, and Gibeon was kind of uh, had a little sketchy situation uh, there with Gibeon and the deceit that was involved and the way they had to handle that. But, uh, so war, setbacks, but overall victory. And to me, that's so, it's so emblematic of you know, what the, my experience with Christian life has been. You've got to look at it for the long haul. You've got to look at it for the long haul because there will be setbacks. There will, be, there will be challenges, and an ebb and flow to it. There's things, you know, that come along and, and you've got, you got to keep the big picture that uh, this is worthy, <laughs> this is, uh, we have a cause, you know, there's more land to be taken, uh, never rest on your laurels as it were, not that we have laurels in and of ourselves, but uh, just the, the don't, don't look at it as, you know, God's brought me to this plateau and I'm just going to kind of set up camp here and this is good. Uh, there's always there's always something else uh, you know to be done, so the the war, the setbacks and the victories, and then we kind of come to a to a to a rest in the war, and uh, now the distribution of blessing, and I think of different kind of different stages in my life, and I think I'm, I'm I'm you know reaping maybe a little bit of the rest that you invest you know sometimes with a young family and and. Uh, not that you ever feel like you're out of the woods, but there is a certain point we feel okay, you know it's good I mean it looks like uh those things that you that you that you, you fought for and that you stood for and even were criticized for maybe at times uh you know just stay in the course with what you felt God wanted you to do. The enemy likes to ridicule those stands and those things that you're seeking to do for his glory and and so you just stick with it and and uh and then, you know, there's a time where you can, kind of, you, know, you can kind of rest and just take some of those blessings. And, and so um, in chapters 13 and 19, you have the blessing, the distribution of the blessing in the, in the land. And it's, it's, it's interesting in and of itself. But um, let's pick it up in, in, chapter, in, in Joshua chapter 13. It says now when Joshua was old and stricken in years, and he had a, a grizzled veteran of the warfare, right, went from a young guy following uh, in Moses' footsteps, being a mentor, to then having that that time. Well, while well, now he had to kind of take the reins, and and I'm sure that was a strange, you know, transition for him in many ways. But now he's gotten to you know well stricken in years, and and, and looking back at experience and, and reaping the blessings. The life of no regret, serving the Lord, right? Um, I always appreciate a Christian who gets to this point in their life, you know, just, just honestly speaking, honestly speaking, old and stricken in years. It happens to all of us. I mean, the young people, you know, they, they, it's all a matter of perspective. Um, you know, some, some people in the church here, they might still look at me as, you know, the, the, the kid, you know, that went to school here in the building next door. But some of these kids, you know, they look at me, you know, there's an old grizzled grandpa, I imagine. Old graybeard. <laughs> it's all a matter of perspective, right? But I always appreciate one who's, you know, old and stricken in years, but still staying the course. Still joyfully serving the Lord, you know? And, uh, and that's, uh, I believe, what Joshua was. And, and the Lord was still speaking to him, too. He says, the Lord said unto him, thou art old and stricken in years. God just calling it like it is. <laughs> Uh, and there remaineth yet very much land to be possessed. All right, Moses, I know you're probably feeling like, I mean, you know, you're old, you, you've, you've fought, you've conquered, you're getting a period of rest here. But Joshua, the reality of the fact is that there's still some work to be done. There's still some work to be done. And uh, you never really plateau in the Christian life. I mean, and, and I don't think the Christian life's meant to, to coast to the finish line either. Uh, Paul certainly didn't have that approach. and uh, He said, I'm going to run that thing to the end, you know, uh, spent to be spent for the Lord. So um, he says, this is the land that, ye, uh, uh, that yet remaineth, all the borders of the Philistines. Now think about that. Those old pesky Philistines. You know about them, don't you? And it's almost like the Lord just kind of, he always... You know, God is sovereign, and, and uh, you think of some of, those, some of those nemesis you have in your life, and you're thinking, you know, God, will you just get rid of them for me? Just get rid of them once and for all, so those nemesis aren't there anymore. I don't have to worry about them anymore. I don't have to fight them anymore. But it's almost like, you know, we're, oh, inevitably we're going to have some sort of nemesis there where there's something, you know, a, a, a sin that tends to beset us or... Uh, a, um, you know, something we struggle with, maybe in our pride or our tongue or or a certain personality that rubs us the wrong way, that God doesn't necessarily take that away. You know, kind of like with Paul, he didn't take away every thorn there. <laughs> but what he did do is he gave him grace each day to fight that battle. And the Philistines, they were just those, you know, they were the, kind of like the thorn in the side of, uh, of Israel, you know. Um, and they would... Uh, uh, and there was some land still that hadn't been, been taken. But um, I don't think it was for lack of trying. It just it hadn't all been mopped up yet. From Si'hor, uh, which is before Egypt, even under the borders of Ekron, northward, which is uh, the, the counted uh, to the Canaanite, uh, five lords of the Philistines, uh, the Gaz- Gazathites. I should, I should have us like take turns reading in these passages. That might work out better. Um, so all those guys, down to verse 4, from the south of the land of the Canaanites, in Mira, and as, uh, uh, beside the Sidonians. Uh, so that's just all to say all these names just reflect that these were real issues. They were real you know, uh, um, pieces of land and, and people that hadn't been, been totally uh, conquered. And in, in, in real issues. Verse number 4, from the south of the land, it says there, um, and, and then in verse number 5, in the land of the, the, uh, the uh, 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 Giblites, in all Lebanon, towards the sun rising, from Baalgad under Mount Hermon, unto the entering into Hamath. All the inhabitants of the hill country from Lebanon, unto uh, Mes- uh, oh man, i practiced this one before too, but it's not, it's not coming back to me fluidly right now. Um, Mesrophothamian. <laughs> and if someone wants to correct me on that, that's fine. In all the Sidonians, them will I drive out from before the children of Israel, only divide thou it by lot unto the Israelites for inheritance, as I have commanded thee. And so they had been commanded... You know, to have the vision to get all of this land to be divided for God's people, they were commanded to have that to, to have that vision and to be to, to be thorough in that. And uh, and so the land had been taken in a general sense, but there would always be battles to be fought and portions of land to be taken. And uh, when advancing, though, they needed to be thorough. They needed to be thorough when advancing. Now. Verses 8 to 12, generally speaking, uh, there's victory and and success, and uh, and, and, and it's great, and and, and there is a blessing uh, to be had there that's that's, that's, uh, described quite thoroughly, but then we see a a word at the beginning of verse 13, and it's kind of like an uh uh-oh word there, amidst all these accolades. Amidst all this blessing, amidst all this success and victory that had been had, here comes the uh uh-oh word, nevertheless. (laughs) Nevertheless, and you can almost feel the air coming out of it at that point. Uh, uh, Nevertheless, the children of Israel expelled not the Geshurites and the Macathites, but the Geshurites and the Macathites dwell among the Israelites until this day. And what's happening there is, it's speaking of it, is nevertheless in a contrast sense to what had been accomplished thoroughly, there had been something that hadn't been taken care of. And then it goes on to describe basically that because it wasn't taken care of at that time, Thoroughly as it should have been, it was continuing to pester them, you know, to this day when this was written. Lord, just help us now as we think about this thought, uh, Lord, to be sensitive to your teaching and your help uh, to us at this moment. Thank you for each person who's here. Lord, uh, just help us through your word, I pray. In Jesus' name, amen. The term Gesherites means prideful ones. It's interesting. The term Machathites means oppressors. Oppressors. And so you had those that kind of uh, uh, represented a prideful element and then you had those that uh, that represented in a way um, an oppressive element. And if I were to think, you know, just by way of some devotional application for myself, you know, probably two things that do end up in in a Christian's life and a family's life and a church's life, for that matter, to be things that could potentially be problematic on an ongoing basis. You know, I would say probably pride would be a big one. And just the oppression that the devil wants to bring. Now, I know that the, the, you know, our main enemy is probably our flesh, but you know, the devil, we do believe there's a spiritual battle. And, you know, the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty to the tearing down of strongholds. Well, where do those strongholds come from? <laughs> well, those strongholds are definitely, you know, the world, the flesh, and the devil are in cahoots, but, you know, the devil, he wants to take ground in our life, and and many times, you know, as there is pride, um, that gives them a foothold to, to, to oppress. And it's things like that that if we, if when God points it out to us and we don't take advantage to take care of it thoroughly, they will continue to pester us, potentially, through our whole Christian existence. And what a tragic thing that would be. You know, just to think of, of things that, that God brings to our attention. This is, a, this is land that I want you to take. This is ground that I want you to take. I'm bringing this truth to you. I'm pointing this out to you. I'm saying that is yours to be conquered right now, but we just pass over it, and we don't thoroughly deal with it. And then you've got the, the Geshurites and the, uh, the Maccathites. For years and years and years and years, they continue to have ground in our life. It is amazing, and I, and I point to myself first, you know, uh, I don't know how much preaching I've heard in my life. I, 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 I couldn't even guess a number of messages that I've heard. And on some themes that we hear preaching on over and over and over and over again, but yet we never deal with it thoroughly, and so it lingers in our life and it defeats us um, in, in some area where we, we are meant to have victory. And sure, there was, there was a lot of victory there. I mean, I had a hard time reading through the list there. <laughs> there was a lot of things to give glory to God for, and, and He brought us uh, you know, as far, and it's not discounting everything that God does in our life. Nevertheless, they didn't expel some things that could have made it even better. Could have made it even better. And uh, if you go to, to 2 Samuel 3.3, um, 3, Let's just turn over there, second Samuel 3:3. 3, 3. Eventually the Geshurites ended up kind of becoming a people unto themselves and, and, and gaining strength and gaining um, confidence and being kind of having their own little kingdom. And it says here in second Samuel chapter, uh, chapter 3 speaking of David his, um, his second, Chiliab of of Abigail, the wife of uh, Nabal, the Carmelite, and the third, Absalom, the son of Makah, the daughter of Talmai, king of Geshur. So they became a kingdom. And um, David actually married one of the, the daughters of, of, of the king of this Geshur, eventually. Now, who is their son? Their son was Absalom. Now, I'm not saying, you know, there was a mistake that Absalom was born. Uh, you know, don't, don't take this illustration too, too far here, you know, the implications, you know, too far. But all I'm saying is, you know, Absalom ended up being a huge heartache and problem to Israel. A rebel, <laughs> And it's interesting, you know, what kingdom he came out of there. And then you have uh, um, uh, the Maccathites. If you go to 2 Samuel chapter 20, 2 Samuel chapter 20. Now, it doesn't mention Maccathites by name here, but it does mention a city that was from that region. If you study the geography of the region, a city uh, mentioned here in 2 Samuel chapter 20... And I'm just demonstrating that sometimes when we let things hang around, you know, they don't seem like that big of a deal at the time, but something that's sown, it eventually will bring a crop. And, you know, I've noticed so many times that things I allow to linger in my life, they become bigger than what I thought they would be. And they end up having bigger implications than what I thought they would. Many times, you know, quite a ways down the road. And so here you have, in 2 Samuel chapter 20, you have a man named, named uh, um, uh, Sheba, I guess is the way you, you'd pronounce it. And it says, and there happened to be there a man of Belial, that is a worthless fool whose name was Sheba. And Sheba was a pain. <laughs> he, you know, the, he just became, he just became a real nuisance to what the people were trying to do and trying to accomplish And, and if you read down through there, um, they pursued him and they, and, they, and they tried to deal with him. And it, and it says um, in, in verse 6, And David said unto Abishai, Now shall Sheba, the son of Bichri, do us more harm than did Absalom. Now that's interesting. You had Absalom. I already used it as an illustration. And here's here's a Sheba. They're thinking, this guy's even worse. This guy's even worse. And if you study it, they chase him, and he goes to sanctuary in a city that is in the region of where the, 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 the Maccathites um, ended up existing in their, in their realm after they weren't thoroughly expelled um, back there in, in Joshua 13. It's just really interesting. And uh, um, so you had, uh, you know, you had, well... Pride was the first one, right? Was Absalom a tremendously prideful young man? Yes. Yes. Kind of like a picture of, of it, right? And then this, this Sheba, he was an oppressor. You read down through the passage. I mean, if you were to put a label on him, he was an, he was an oppressor. He was an oppressor. And uh, I just look at it as by way, way of illustration. Once again, you know, just, just when God brings you to something to be dealt with, just say, okay, Lord, help me to be thorough with that right, right there. Because, you know, sometimes, I mean, you get, you get old and stricken in age. And I'm approaching that. <laughs> and I think of the, the hundreds of messages that I've heard preached on certain topics where if I was paying attention, I should have, and God's grace was there for me to have victory in that thing. And I shouldn't still be living in a carnal fashion in that area in my life. I should be exemplary at that point. I'm having a peace that passes understanding. I'm having a joy that comes from from my salvation and my salvation alone. (laughs) The joy of the Lord is my strength. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation. I should have, you know, at a point, and and, uh, we had the luxury of having a church, you know, that has the various ages. And, uh, you know, I look at, 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 at the kids and, and I look at the, at the young people, I look at the kids, it's an opportunity for us to serve them. You know, Jesus, Jesus said, um, you know, suffer the little children to come unto me. I want to be like Jesus. And, and I want to serve, you know, I want to serve those, 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 those kids and to challenge them in the Lord. And, and uh, yeah, I mean, sometimes they need a little, right? But uh, for the most part, it's just like, you know, encourage them and encourage And serve them. And and then you have, you know, you have the kind of the the, the middle age, you know, maybe the the teenagers on up. And uh, and they can serve, but then they can look to the older and they can learn from them. They can look for that wisdom. They can look for that wisdom. So when they look to that wisdom, which they naturally will, whether you think they are or not, they are noticing. I noticed when I was a teenager. I, look, I, look, I looked at the, uh, those stricken in age when I was a teenager and I, was, I noticed what, you know, I noticed what they had to offer for Christianity. And so they looked to you and that's an opportunity there. You know, a young person should be serving the younger. They should be looking to the older for wisdom. And the older should be, you know, I want to walk with the Lord joyfully to that finish line, you know, impacting as many as I can uh, for the Lord. Showing them, like Joshua did, look at what the Lord's given us. Look at the things that we have as an inheritance in Jesus Christ. Look at the many victories that we have in Jesus. And sure, there's still still land that needs to be dealt with, and there's there's still those pesky Philistines, and it's almost like the Lord, for some reason, didn't let them. It doesn't mention them in the nevertheless. It's not like like Israel, you know, um, like they neglected to deal with them. They just hadn't dealt with them yet, or hadn't been allowed to. But may the Lord spare us from having the Gesherites and the Machathites hang around in our lives. May the Lord spare us from that. Because if we do, they're going to undermine our potential and the ground that we could be having even more victoriously uh, for the Lord. And that's what the Lord spoke to me about in this passage, and uh, I thought, you know, it just jumped right out at me when I got to that verse number 13. Nevertheless, you know, that was a warning. That's a warning for us, and uh, may the Lord help us. Lord, I thank you